Hi, I'm Kate Bailey. I'm a coach, an author, and a sober mama. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today I'm absolutely delighted to be speaking with someone who I think is a bit of a legend, uh, Susie Redding. Hi, Susie. Hi, Kate. What a gloriously warm welcome. Thank you, darling. <laughs> You're welcome. So Susie is a mother of two. She's an author. She's a chartered psychologist and coach. She specializes in self-care and helping people manage their stress, emotions and energetic bank balance. And it was her life experience of motherhood colliding with the terminal illness of her father that sparked her passion for self-care, which she now teaches to her clients, young and old, to cope during periods of stress, loss and change and to boost their resilience in the face of future challenges. Susie is the psychology expert for the wellbeing brand Neom, if I'm saying that correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Organics, and the founding member of the Nourish app. She figure skated her way through her childhood growing up in the northern beaches of Sydney and now makes her home in the hills of Hertfordshire in the UK. Um, Susie's got lots of books out and I was just having a little chat with her that I first became aware of her when I saw her lovely book The Self-Care Revolution Um, and she's also written Stand Tall Like a Mountain I'll link all these at the show notes at the end Little Book of Self-Care Self-Care for Tough Times and her first children book Uh, this book will help and make you happy Um, so she's also written and breathes it to get fit you've been busy Susie right I'm reading this going she's done a lot the little book of self-care and rest to reset is uh, was published earlier this year so oh a big warm welcome Susie thank you darling thank you for having me I'm so looking forward to getting our head heads and hearts together today mm, absolutely so we all start with the check-in so how how are, how is your head and your heart doing today do you know what it's today is it's been smooth it's Mm. been smooth I've had an opportunity to to go for a run I've had an opportunity to be still and yeah you know I've 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 filled my cup I feel resourced Mm. and ready to go Mm, I love that that opportunity though let's be honest yeah yeah (laughs) well isn't it that balance and I I I just you know this is one of the reasons why I love your work and you know, I always love it when you pop up on Instagram because there's this real acknowledgement of, okay, life is busy, shit goes down, let's do what we can. <laughs> a little bit is always going to be better than nothing. And there's that sort of kind of self-compassion there, which has come straight in with that, you know, it's like, you know, we don't need it to be, I'm sure we will dive into this, but we, do, we don't need, I think self-care actually needs a little bit of unpicking. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I want, yeah. So I'm looking forward to diving in that in there today. And for me, like yesterday, I managed it was the Monday morning, but I really prioritized. I've had a whole thing where my car died as well. So this, you know, do you know when it's like it's a bit of a hashtag, don't get me started. But anyway, it's meant that I couldn't get to yoga, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna do the online class. I've got a little sort of hidey hole down at the bottom of the garden but my wi-fi does work there so I went down there it's probably got spiders in it but I did my bit of yoga and I had a bit of a cry 
Mm. It just all came up. And then I was like, okay, now I'm good to do Monday. <laughs> you know, so it is so important to, if we possibly can to, yeah, to carve those those bits out. And today I've done none of that. I've just raced around and done emails. Day's not done yet, though. <laughs> Yeah, no, it isn't. And the fact is, I imagine this is the thing like, self care isn't just a bunch of practices. It's not just something that you do for a given period of time. It's also skills that you Mm. seamlessly weave into the everyday goings on. Yeah. Yeah? So it's how we speak to ourselves, it's how we hold ourselves. It's it's something simple like wearing a garment Mm. in a color that you like. Or, or spritzing a little scent you know none of these things have to take a huge investment of time and it's just respecting the fact that every day looks different mm. in terms of what we need and also what we've got the capacity to do and yeah. to, to, to gift ourselves yeah it's you know, so, so right true. Mm. that um that whole the concept of self-care still needs unpicking I know for me so my sober journey has it really shifted when I started taking care of myself. And the more I kind of had, you know, inquired about it and became a little bit more skilled at it, it seemed that it always just asked with a question, which is, what do I need? Not a tick list, like you said. It's from what you've just said, which I think is what I'm hearing correctly. It's that every day is different and it starts with an inquiry. Absolutely. I think the simplest definition of self-care that I can offer up is that self-care is nourishment. Self-care is how we take care of ourselves, head, heart and body. Yeah. Yeah. So it is it is fundamentally acknowledging, voicing, meeting our human needs. Yeah. For me, for many, many years, I didn't know how to do any of that I didn't know how to ask I didn't know how to listen in I didn't know how to inquire because I got used to coping with the sort of faux self-care of alcohol that we're kind of peddled if like oh go on darling you deserve it but yeah put your feet on a glass of wine yeah Yeah. the wine o'clock and it was such a quick fix and such a shutdown that I mistook that for relaxation I mistook that so I didn't have I wasn't practiced at the art at all and I had to learn how to do this thing called self-care so I'm wondering if yeah I mean you've said it's it's about nourishment and it's we've talked about about inquiry but if you were to say to someone if you were to tell someone who'd literally no idea about self-care I was if I rocked up on your doorstep and just said I don't know how to do this could you tell us what maybe you would offer up as a suggestion okay I need to touch on something that you just said there, Kate, because it's 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 so pivotal to our understanding the concept. And then can I come back to that question? I love that question. Yes. So what you've skillfully identified is that there is a difference between meeting our needs in this moment, which can take the form of any of the crutches that we habitually turn to, like booze, sugar, caffeine, online shopping. Yeah, all of those things that numb us. That, that does... It does meet our need in the moment, yeah? Mm. But the fundamental distinction between self-care and a crutch is that self-care lovingly tends to you in this moment and it also takes care of the person that you're becoming. Mm. It makes tomorrow easier. And I think that's a really useful distinction to make. So if you're thinking to yourself, is this thing self-care? Okay, ask yourself, 
does it is it is it just providing comfort in this moment or is it also going to make tomorrow easier if it fits the bill that's self-care otherwise it's it's some kind of self-soothing but it's not healthcare yeah mm-hmm. self-care is healthcare self-care is how we top ourselves up so that we can keep giving and keep going yeah Yeah. I love that and I think that people listening in you know sober and sober curious people will definitely identify with that almost kind of uh, distinction between the kind of immediate gratification and almost like in so so and then yeah and then sort of paying it forward so it doesn't cost us tomorrow so it doesn't have come back and bite us on the arse basically which boozing does yes if I was to come to you and say to you, as you know, it's a complete novice to saying, Susie, I, I just don't know where to start with this. I don't know how to, I don't know what self-care is. How do I do it? What mm-hmm. are the sort of suggestions that you would offer up to me as a novice? Okay. okay. So I, I love what you've already said there, Kate, about it being, there needs to be some kind of check-in. Yeah. So that's where I would start. And, and I would say for anyone that struggles with that, well, of course, because you look at how we're raised. We go to school, you're meant to sit there and not go to the toilet when you need to go to the mm. toilet. You must pay attention. You've got to do this thing. You have these narrow windows for self-expression. It's almost like our capacity to bear witness to what's going on inside of us is bred out of us mm. by what's required of us to function in the school system mm, and then yeah. you get to work and you've got to be present and you know all of it it's just if it's new if it's foreign be gentle with yourself mm. okay it is a skill that we can reclaim yeah we can learn it again we can take it back what i would suggest is let it be a little ritual of of, of tenderness okay i quite like this where i just with this gesture I am extending a little tenderness to myself and I'm saying to myself, where am I at? What's going on today? I'm just going to check in. I'm going to notice how's my body doing? What's what's my body got to say today? Is there a little, yeah. little bit of tension that needs some unravelling? Is there an ache that needs a bit of soothing? Right, there's my body. And then I'm going to notice, okay, where's my energy at? What's happening there? And without judgment, without criticism, I can acknowledge maybe I've actually got a little bit too much energy. Mm. Well, sometimes I need a little lift, yeah? And then perhaps I'll make an inquiry about emotional tones that might be floating about. And sometimes they're hard to put into words and that's okay. We can build over our vocabulary and with practice we'll become more skilled at actually being able to identify them. And then maybe I might think, where is my head at? What are the quality of my thoughts? What's the nature of my thinking? Are my thoughts coming thick and fast? Or are they slow and sluggish? Or is there a sense of peacefulness? You know, it is just what it is. Mm. And having checked in with myself, head, heart and body, that will give me some indication. And maybe it's just noticing, oh, I've noticed a little grumble in my tummy. I'm hungry. Or I haven't had a glass of water all morning. Or I haven't actually had an opportunity to just connect with another human being and I need a hug, mm. right? So it's it's a skill that we build with practice. And please, can we do it in moments of 
of, of relative ease rather than in these moments of, you know, being flooded with stress, stress hormones going, oh, I must do it now. It's really hard to do it then. Mm. But when you build the capacity in those moments of ease, it will strengthen our ability to do it in those more charged moments. Mm, I love that. It's like it's building a practice, isn't it? Like you say, when you're not triggered at 100%, but actually you can tune in when you're, yeah, when you're not triggered and building that kind of building that kind of skill of it's a bit like you reminded me of yoga yeah I would it do is. Things on the mat so that we can regulate when we're off the mats <laughs> exactly that's exactly it yeah that's exactly it yeah I love that and also I just want to reflect on what you said about the head the heart you know the body because I feel like a lot of people, and I know for me, myself, I was totally shut off and I do agree 100% with the school system. You know, I've been going through that with my teenagers and really looking at that that myself at the moment. Um, But if I ask from a cerebral point of view, if I just trying to think myself into self-care, I will get one answer. If I drop in, and like you said, I love that, put your hands on your heart and just go, I kind of go, okay, what am I really crying out for right now? Often it's a bit of rest and a bit of quiet. I am astonished how much that is it, you know? That's just personal to me, but it could be connection. It could be, you know what? I thought I really needed to write this kind of proposal and get that off my back. It could be. That could be the kindest thing you could do in that moment. It could also be like, actually, I could... No, that really doesn't have to be done for three weeks. And actually, my God, I would really just like to have a cup of tea. Oh, yes. And it's so we need a bit of a roadmap, Kate. You know, I think what you've identified there is that there are there are so many different ways to meet our needs. And and that's why, so in self-care revolution, there's that vitality wheel. Because I, I think unless we've got something just to refer to in the moment. It can be so hard to put your finger on yeah. something nourishing, mm. especially when we're in those real moments of need. Yeah. And I'll put my hand up and say, you know, even as a, if you look at the toolkit that I've honed over the last 20 years, mm. psychology, I was a PT, so there's all that movement inspiration. Mm. I was a yoga teacher. See, there's, again, there's, there's you know, relaxation practices and breathing practices and mantras and visualizations. And I will say that when I'm feeling really depleted and frazzled, it's like, where do I start? Mm. I I don't know. We need it written down. So that's why in each of my books, there's a different framework. So there's the vitality wheel in self-care revolution, which shows eight different ways that we can nourish ourselves. And then in rest to reset, I've got something called the eight pillars of rest that Mm. talk us through, well, how have you used your mind and your body today? Mm. What kind of environments have you been in? Because the rest that you need, you know, if you've been pecking at a keyboard for hours, the thing that will bring you back to balance might be a total absence of stimulation or it might be Mm. doing something that's really creative and and get get the juices flowing Mm. as opposed to if you've been serving people all day or long, yeah, standing on your feet, you might not need more social connection. You might need a total brain fade. Yeah, You might need to lie down with your legs up the wall. So it's like different things in different moments. But that's why we need these frameworks to guide us. And that's yeah. what I hope that my books will provide. I know from a sober perspective, we have to, to sort of get sober, stay sober, love being sober. It is about building a toolkit and having a ro- roadmap, like you say. Um, and I 
very much sort of an, a, an advocate and it is a recovery model of that that kind of emergency toolkit and a kind of routine toolkit mm -hmm. so we're sort of building and building but then in trigger times like you said if you've scoped it out if you've um you know if you've kind of played it forward if you've done a bit of prep when the kind of you know the brain goes offline in that moment of stress we're not thinking clearly we're reaching to our habitual habits habitual habits you know what I mean habitual people places objects whatever we're using um that with just to have that tool just as almost like a visual memory yeah thing is really really helpful to people so I'd like to kind of underline what you said that and say that to people if you're listening in and you're like okay I'm fine it's all going fine when I wake up in the morning at eight o'clock but by five o'clock the wine witch is going off and I'm really really triggered what Susie's just said about having that kind of okay so have a think about it in the morning like what soothes you have it sort of ready as a bit of a prompt list maybe and see how it goes like pull for one of those resources reach out yeah. to your sober community or whatever it is yeah. yeah absolutely and I would say with each of those frameworks that I've got and if anyone wants access to those I've got the vitality wheel saved on my Instagram story highlights and there's the people can download the rest to reset eight pillars of rest framework just from the link in my bio it's readily available I want people to have access to it print it out and then annotate it with the kind of practices and, and the ways that you can bring that particular form of nourishment to life in a way that resonates for you. So it's like a little pick and mix. We need a pick and mix in those moments, don't we? Yeah. And I love what you've said, because this goes back to that kind of not being a checklist or another thing to do. And like, because I've had people say to me, they feel a bit of a failure around self-care. They're like, they're not doing it right. And it is that sort of what you said about annotate like getting up close and personal uh, almost like I I feel like it's what it's allowed me to do so like my baseline was stopping drinking which allowed me to hear that's my that's my foundation because I couldn't hear anything and then it was a it was almost like starting this process of becoming fascinated with what how I was experiencing my life right it sounds a little when I say that I'm like that sounds a little bit narcissistic, but it's, it's genuine fascination with like, wow, that's interesting. That really lights me up. Well, OK, now I've had enough of that. And that permission to really, like you said, annotate it, make it yours, be, be fascinated, right? The world of the senses, like what is delicious to you? That self-care, right? It's, it's so, we've got like this one trot around the earth. This is how I feel. I'm kind of going off one now. But honestly, that kind of like, if you shift into curiosity and just almost like that uncomfortable possibility that however you're experiencing this is completely valid and completely yours, wow, what can that look like? Um, yeah, and then, and then let's see. <laughs> I love hearing about your coming home to yourself, Kate. I find this conversation so inspiring and so galvanizing because I think we've received this message that we must deny our needs to be of service to others that selflessness is revered as this 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 virtue that we must all aspire to and the more I dig into it the more I see 
that selflessness is actually a recipe for burnout, resentment, inauthentic connection, and abandonment from self. And and how how can we be of service to anyone in that state? So there's nothing narcissistic from my perspective of you getting curious about what lights you up as a human being because Mm. when you are resourced and inspired, shit, there's so (laughs) much juice and power there and I I, I love hearing about it. Mm. Thank you for sharing. That's just really (laughs) juicy. Thank you for, yeah, well, thank you for that landing and you yeah shining that back at me and I really got a sense actually I got lit up so this is another thing that's interesting isn't it about self-care and these nuances that we know what feels good it's like in the uh, Mary Oliver poem is let the soft animal of your body love what it loves or whatever we don't have to be good we don't have to walk on our knees for 100 miles repenting which is really reminding me of what you said about actually this invitation to self-care being a joyful birthright to enable us to come home to ourselves and when we do that it's like little flames go off it's like if I light up if I light my own light up it other people I can see other people lighting their lights up and how beautiful that is yeah absolutely the gift that keeps on giving yeah it genuinely is it genuinely is and for anyone that thinks oh my god I'm failing at this Mm. I think sometimes we've got to also unpick the concept of resilience Yes. Right? Because yeah. people seem to equate resilience with, I mean, if you think of the image, what does resilient look like? Mm. It's sort of this it looks like a man, superhero actually. stance. Yeah, right? on my own. But on my own, being a hero. Yeah. Right? There is just all of the stress, all of the pain, all of the grief just pinging from my impenetrable chest. Yes. Right? Yeah. Somehow resilience is equated with being unaffected by life. Mm. And it's just not true. It's just not true. So if people are thinking, but I'm taking care of myself and I'm still struggling, therefore I'm failing. Mm. No, darling. No. Yeah. The normal, natural human response to tough times is to struggle. Okay. And resilience, I'll be honest, looks, can look like being curled up on the on the floor in a ball having a a big cry yeah because it's the expression of the feeling that actually allows for the healing is the healing yeah right Mm. so it's also understanding that I want people to have a toolkit that empowers them with compassion Mm. I want people to to feel that they can extend tenderness towards themselves but again, it's not about shouldering your burden alone. Self-care is just one part of what we need. We also need to be held. We need to be validated. We need to be understood. We need to be cared for. Yeah. So if we're having a tough time, it's not necessarily because you're not caring for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It might just be that the shit's hit the fan and actually life is tough right now. We're ca- actually coping magnificently with it. It just doesn't look like this. Mm superhero stance which is just it's not human yeah it's not real it's not is it and I love what you said about that because that brings me on to something else that I wanted to to cover there's there's something semantically then isn't there about self-care because people equate 
I know that this is the case because I see it all the time on sober forums and with clients that they yeah, struggle with that. Oh, well, it's about the self, you know, and there's, there's that, that thing that we've already covered about, you know, oxygen mask on first, can't pour from an empty cup. We're getting, I think, that, that kind of reciprocity that we get. So even when we're attending to ourselves, we're not separate. Self doesn't necessarily mean a part. It shouldn't mean a part. Sometimes we need to take ourselves off to be, to regulate our nervous system, to do a little bit of draw bridging, to let ourselves settle, of course, but we're not then not connected. Um, and that sense of togetherness. And I wonder if you could then unpick in your view what, what you've said about that, just that how can self-care be that connected version? I think it comes back to understanding what it facilitates in our life. And I think that looks totally different from one individual to the next, depending on what matters to us. So when I think about why I'm prioritising meeting my human needs, it's not just because that feels good to me and I, I want to do that thing. It's because that's the thing that allows me to interact in this world as I aspire to in all of the, the roles that I play. And I, I would love for people to be able to say, I want to do this for me because I'm an autonomous human being and I deserve it in my own right. But I think a starting point for many of us is to think about, okay, so what, what is it that I want to bring to this world? Yeah. What's important to me in this relationship? What, what kind of skills do I want to model for these people? kids for example right and I see self-care as the thing that resources me as an individual to be able to 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 function mm -hmm. and to facilitate healthy relationships mm -hmm. yeah but it's 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 our relationship with ourselves yeah first it's also our relationship mm -hmm. with everybody else yeah? yeah whether we know them or not yeah even people we don't know their name when we when we have lovingly tended to our own needs even they're going to benefit Self-care within relationships takes me straight to boundaries. Yes. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And it sort of comes back to this, this um, distinction between we think of selfless, yes, this revered quality of selfless, selflessness, and then the opposite appears to be selfish. And I, 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 I disagree wholeheartedly. What I see the opposite to selfless as is boundaried. Yes, I am boundaried. Yes. When I am boundaried, when I honour myself, then I can show up in relationship and authentically connect because I can be honest, I can communicate my needs, and when I've nourished myself, I can actually manage my nervous system, manage my mood, I can more skillfully manage the words that come out of my mouth, right? <laughs> Okay, absolutely. Yes, yeah. self-care is, is, is boundary management. But I think it's, it's not just about our, our boundaries with other people. I think first and foremost, mm -hmm. these are our boundaries with ourself. I think it's really I helpful. need to feel safe and healthy mm -hmm. relationship with myself. Yeah, and I think that that's, it's so important, that bit. And I think, again, for, the, for our particular audience with, with Love Sober, is that I think, I very much resonate with that as that choice to be alcohol free was the 
initial boundary I think I've got it on my sober up that it says it's my foundational act of self-love which allows all others so that was the solid ground for me an internal boundary when I, my boundaries are a little bit all over the shop for all the reasons um and then I could hear other boundaries and so I could hear the no I could hear the oh I'm not so I I, I want to go back to that if anyone's listening in and feels like if they're sort of early sober and are like oh you know this is this feels confusing, fluffy, I'm not there yet, you know, just whatever, because I know that when I first stopped drinking, I was just like, I, this just, you know, I don't know, all I need to do is get through today, which is also fine. So this bit of self-care being that fundamental boundary to say, I'm going to keep myself safe today. This is how I do it. And my first thing is that I don't, I don't drink today. Because then, that's really things will take care of themselves after that as well because they they kind of do that's that's a, a, a really great foot forward and a real foundational piece so I just want to say that because I think in the sober community we can often be really hard on ourselves I think that's not just the sober community as women we really can give ourselves a really hard time so going back to that message of self-compassion and I am enough like again my one of my big mantras is I'm sober and the rest is good enough so it's like you know I've got up and brushed my teeth the rest is good enough <laughs> that's so beautiful it doesn't look fly in the face of everything that oh. we're, we're we're sold and we're told you know yeah. right I don't think we were taught how to do this and when you look at the messaging I mean Thank God we've moved on mm. from this notion of children must be seen and not heard. But actually, how far have we moved? Because a good child is one that doesn't speak back to an adult. Mm. And I think we all know that no adult, whether that's a parent, teacher, caregiver, just no grown-up's going to see it all or mm. get it right all the time. And if our kids are silenced, if they're not allowed to speak up for themselves, how the heck are they going to do it in adulthood? yeah right so these are new skills they are new you have to kind of there's a sense of we've got to we've got to reclaim the right to be angry to be able to honor our boundaries yeah galvanize us to stand up for where we feel our boundaries are being transgressed where our our values are being compromised and that can feel uncomfortable for a lot of people too when you know especially when women are not meant to be angry yeah I've always being fascinated, and I love that you use that word, but I've always been fascinated about how, how we can nurture ourselves and nurture each other. So that's why, you know, there, there are those different strings to my bow. You know, I, I studied psychology, but as I was going through university, I did qualifications in personal training because that was my part-time job. And then I accidentally fell into yoga teaching. And, you know, it, you can see how nourishment has always been on the radar. But it it was Becoming a mum at the same time as losing my father to what was posthumously diagnosed as motor neurone disease that really taught me just how vital it is that we lovingly tend to our needs. And I think it was that collision of life events, this sense of I've just become a mum. I feel that to be a good mum, I must completely subjugate my needs because I want to be there for my daughter. And then the energetic bankruptcy that I experienced hit me square in the face and said, honey, oh, my goodness, loving intentions aside, you know, your depletion serves no one mm. and your replenishment is, is it's not just nice to have, it's crucial for collective survival. 
wake up and that mm. woke me up and from that moment and it was a, it was a long drawn out journey Kate my dad survived for 15 months um in and out of intensive care it was such a period of squeeze but the lesson that I learned so hard and fast was that life was so tough I couldn't possibly add to my own burden with shitty punitive self-talk so from that moment onwards it was like I have got to get on my own side here otherwise I'm not going to make it um and I've that's again it's these are our boundaries with ourselves so yeah. for me my boundary is I I will only speak to myself with dignity and respect. I'll still evaluate my performance, my behavior, my my choices, mm -hmm. but I will do that with compassion, understanding that humans make mistakes and this is this is how we learn and grow. Mm -hmm. So that set me on this path and then it's through motherhood learning how to advocate for my kids and this notion of you know, I've spent the last decade talking about self-care. And the barriers that people mention time and time again are I haven't got time, I haven't got energy, I can't afford it. Yeah, I haven't got the physical space or the freedom to do it. And you know what? I've become so skilled in offering people options. Yeah, I could give them a hundred things that's accessible to them and still they won't do it because it's this notion of self. It's not even self-worth. It's this notion of I must not be a distinct entity, right? So that this is the next phase of the journey where I just, I feel so fired up to help people reclaim themselves and to understand that their needs and their emotional expression matter. Mm. Self-care is survival. It's like collective survival. Self-care, not being selfish, self-care, essential. And that advocating for the self. I exist. I matter. I'm here. I, I need, I, you know, it is literally, it's like I'm breathing, you know, um, and I feel like it's almost like a collective call to action. It's a call to action for the self, for all of our beautiful selves, because we all have a self. Bless our little selves, you know. Um, and I love that. And, and that sort of permission. It's like I love what you said about that boundary about I will own. I'm going to take that. I'm going to use that. I will only speak to myself with respect and it started with going, if I go to the supermarket and I'm really knackered, I'm going to stop for a coffee. So I'd add a little something in because they were, and they're not all the internal boundaries in this, you know, this sort of evolve, or where I feel like I've ended up, but they were really essential, like first steps because they no were evidence yeah. of my kindness to myself. Mm. And then that built because I got used to seeing myself being kind to myself. And I was like, oh, that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. Actually, that's what it looks like. And then I was like, oh, that's what it feels like. So now I can build on that feeling. So, you know, if, if it's still like that out there, oh, you know, it's not a bubble bath or, you know, stop peddling the wellness industry at us. I hope that people can take away from this conversation about it being so much more than that, about being a relationship to self, about being that permission about being just honoring ourselves as, as human beings um you know and honoring our caring Susie it's just been such a delight to talk to you you know I feel like I genuinely feel quite emotional I feel like I've met a sort of kindred spirit along the road today just the same Kate um, I really yeah. do 
And even down to the fact that I'm now looking at your nail varnish going, I fucking love that yellow colour. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, outer and inner. But I really I really do. And I think that, you know, people will hopefully take take a lot away from that and take that permission for yourself today. And I'll put all the where people can find you in the show notes. Follow me on Instagram. I love your Instagram. Makes me smile every day. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I'm going my little notes to self land for you too. They really do. They really do. And all the books. And thank you for, you know, thank you for all your great work and being so generous in this, in this area, Susie. I really do appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for nourishing me, Kate. Thank you. So if you are immediately concerned about your drinking, do reach out, know that you're not alone. There's lots of help out there. Um, you know, you can always send up a flare, hello at lovesober.com. If you go to Soberistas, there's an anonymous Ask the Doctor service. Really just find your fit, know that you're not alone, reach out and stay safe another week. <laughs>